Welcome back to Talking Circles, a podcast about Umphreys McGee's 2022 album, Asking for a Friend. Today, we're looking at Fenced In, a song about social unrest and upheaval that materialized unintentionally during the summer of 2020. Singer and songwriter Brendan Bayliss explains where the song idea came from. So, yes, I have a list on my, at my desk that is basically the my top few current unfinished works in progress. And right now I'm looking at the list has nine of them. And I, the one on the top right corner is called Last of July, and I remember that was 2011. So some of these go way back, and two of these are three weeks ago. So... It's just, it's kind of all over the place. It's a weird way of organizing it, but that's just how my mind kind of operates. Fenced in musically was an idea that had been floating around for years. So I think it was a demo that I did a long, long time ago and kind of surfaced. I, I threw it into some improvs a few times. Um, it's in the key of F, and we don't really play an F a lot. Guitar is usually an E, if you get the choice, or F sharp, immigrant song. And that key kind of just was its own unique vibe. And anytime we, we had, well, probably not anytime maybe twice. We did a jam where I tried to kind of play the riff. And sing over it. And then it, it's it's an odd meter. I don't even know how to count it. So it, it's kind of hard to just throw out there and, and do it without messing it up. So it, it was kind of an old idea that had maybe been on song lists for future projects for, I don't know, 10 years, maybe. But the lyrics were different. Occasionally, I uh, will go through old old ideas and then kind of be surprised. The other day, I was flying home from Montana, and I was going through old memos trying to be productive in an airport, and I found two progressions that I totally forgot about that I was, I was genuinely excited about. I think it, you know, I'm, I'm reading uh, 
Jeff Tweedy's new book, How to Write One Song, right now. And a lot of it, he's talking about just um, the process and how it's, it's more about just constantly doing it and then figuring it out later, which I totally understand and it, it resonates with me. I have a memory, and it could be wrong, as Joel would the other day said, you might be right. It, I think we were playing summer camp. I'm not sure what year, and it was, I think it was two by two, because that has this thing that opens up an F. And I believe I started kind of teasing the riff and playing it and singing some of it, because it's just been this unfinished kind of floating thing in that it, it kind of has an improvisational groove. It doesn't just stay here, and it's something that can kind of doesn't get old, so you can come back to it. Um, so, but the, yeah, that's the musical vibe of it. I think is it's uh, unique to Humphreys. We don't have a whole lot of songs like that. I mean, it sounds like a, a jam. Yeah. I'm working out a riff in my head. Sometimes I'll try it out on a stage or at soundcheck or something and just kind of throw it in just to see if anybody jumps on it. So it's kind of been musically kind of floating. And then in the summer of 2020, when everything, all the shit was hitting the fan, that's kind of when it, kind of came together and kind of had a focal point and and now kind of something that like a subject that you could tie it kind of together and make it feel like a complete finished idea. Tonight, more calls for racial equality and police accountability as protesters march into a third weekend of demonstrations. In Philadelphia, thousands took to the streets demanding reforms. While this song idea had been present for many years, the lyrics came together from a friend asking Brendan if he was going to comment. There's some things I did want to tap into on this song. The idea was kind of floating and unfinished. It's weird. I try and be vague, and I try and be very uh, open-ended and and not really describe what something's about. And it's, this song was kind of kind of pushed to completion because a, a friend of mine basically called me during was the summer of 2020 when everything was going crazy with with uh, the riots and racial tension and this all this hate and this like the Charlottesville and all everything everything the world was on fire it, it was just like this crazy covid bubble was just it felt like it was just about to burst and the George Floyd the police all the all the shit was going down and a friend of mine called me on it was like are you gonna write a song about this are you gonna say anything about this are you and I said no and he kind of didn't take that for an answer he was just he said 
Sid, you're in a weird position where you have people that, like it or not, listen to you. And some, some of them actually take it to heart. So you actually are in a very unique opportunity where you can actually say something and it might have even though a very small effect. It might have some tiny positive effect that could actually make a little tiny, just in our circle of friends, or our, our world. And, you know, he kind of was making me uncomfortable because I've, I've always taken the, the position that music is a release and going to a concert is this cathartic get away from my crazy world, whatever's going on in my life, whatever's going on with my family or the world. And I'm going to go see a band for three hours and I'm going to forget about all the bullshit and I'm going to celebrate life and kind of recharge everything. And I've always felt that that was the best uh, option for us as a band to not get political. But when my friend kind of called me on this uh, idea of saying something and making some kind of musical commentary about the, the social upheaval of what we were going through, it kind of freaked me out. And I was like, I don't know how to do that without sounding preachy or judgy or wagging a finger or, you know, and who am I? Like, I'm a very lucky person living a very blessed life. I don't understand half these struggles or problems that all these problems, you know, like I should shut the fuck up and stay out of this, you know, and that's kind of how I felt. And he, he kind of pushed me on it and said, you, you know, you should really think, think about it. And I did. And so I, I went and sat down to try and like, okay, how do I write a song about all of this and say something uh, gracefully that is not going to offend anybody or, and it might kind of help. And I just, it was really intimidating. I didn't know how to do it. And I started going through old ideas to see if there was something, you know, that I could just kind of as a starting point. And then I started listening to this this one. And the demo had the line, pain is a motherfucker. And I, I was thinking about it and I was like, what's, the, you know, okay. The, the worst thing in the world right now is hate. All this hate is just fueling all this rage and it's turning on all these other problems. So I was like, okay, if hate is a motherfucker, then I can work backwards and clean everything up. And now I have something that I can say that, as I kind of think, is a universal truth that I don't care what side you're on, you're going to be like, yeah, hate is the worst thing. So. Hate is a motherfucker, one I could do without. Now I have a subject. Now I have a focal point trying to make a a graceful comment about a serious and very sensitive subject and hatred and racism and and not kind of inflame either side or you know and then also being aware like okay we might be playing this song live I don't want to turn the show into a political dialogue because I still believe that the live music experience is to take a time out from all that shit but in thinking about you know Rosa Parks and how long this is this whole civil rights thing has been just this ongoing never ending never really promise fulfilled kind of situation we're living in there's a line about waiting to be seated and that was that was kind of me thinking about Rosa Parks in the back of the bus and that that's kind of a subtle way of making a comment but not 
you know, that's a historical fact. Kind of instantly, like, okay, now it's finished. Now I don't have to think about this song. Now I can move on to the next one. This, this one has now finally found a home. I really, you know, wasn't necessarily too thrilled about having to go into like heavy conversation, but here we are. This is the world we live in, and uh, you know, this when you're writing, you're a product of your environment, you know. And uh, at some point, you have to deal with <laughs> the real world, even though in rock and roll, that you're trying to avoid it the whole time. Although this subject matter wasn't something that Brendan wanted to wade into, once he thought about it and wrote the song, it felt more like something that could and should be done. He challenged me on it, and I remember initially being frustrated, and then... Uh, then I got off the phone and took a walk and I thought a lot about it and I was like, well, now I kind of feel like I have to at least try. At least that way I can tell them, hey, I tried. Here's the result. It's not that good, so I'm not going to show anybody. But then it turned out as, okay, I tried. I actually think you were right. How, how do you like this song? <laughs> now that the song is finished... Bayless talked about how this might fit into the Umphreys live rotation. I kind of think of the song as a first set song, just because of the tempo. And as the night goes on, you kind of want to amp everything up and play. And it's interesting because the chorus, which I call it whatever, chorus, um, it's this riff that feels really heavy, but I play it clean. There's no distortion on the song at all. I never. It's probably the only Umphrey song other than an acoustic song where I don't hit the distortion pedal, but it feels like it's already distorted and make the vibe, maybe the vibe of just is there enough. Um, it's dirty enough and raw enough that it doesn't need distortion. <laughs> As Brendan was reflecting on this song and how it stuck around for a long time before becoming what we now know as Fenced In, he shared some insight on what he's learned about the songwriting process. Patience in songwriting is, is something that you, you learn because right away when you're starting, you don't have anything. So your first thing is everything. So you're probably investing way more time into it and refining it and and then once you kind of get started and you start creating more and more things get taken apart and thrown away and then something that you might have a vested interest in maybe it's a verse or a chorus that doesn't fit and gets bumped out slowly you start over time accumulating like a Rolodex and I would think it'd be like anytime in any kind of walk of life, whatever you're doing, you, at least, I don't want to say arti artistically, because I always think that just sounds ridiculous when people use that word or term, but doing anything kind of creatively that is subjective, and I think over time you kind of realize that uh, just because you had an idea doesn't make it a good idea. So just keep it an idea pile, and maybe it'll get I've, I've learned over years and years that sometimes something that wasn't good 
four years later, sped up, changed the key, changed the tempo, put it in a different whatever, it becomes brand new and, and excellent or good enough. So I think um, being patient and understanding that uh, things will work themselves out is just a natural evolution of the creative process because you learn to fail over time and then you learn to be okay with failure and then it's more about just the process hate is a motherfucker one i could do without on the next and final episode of talking circles we'll dive into the last song to be discussed it's not your fault thank you for tuning in Talking Circles is a production of Osiris Media and Umphreys McGee. Audio production by Matt Dwyer. Written and produced by Brian Brinkman, RJB, and Kevin Browning. All interviews and audio used with permission from Umphreys McGee. Osiris.